Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the John Sanchez Show podcast. The following program is sponsored by Sanchez Wealth Management. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment tax or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Further information is available by contacting John at SanchezWealthManagement.com or by calling 800-1801. John Sanchez is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Independent Financial Group, LLC, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Securities only offered in states John Sanchez is registered in. Now, the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780-KOH. Good afternoon. Happy Tuesday to you. Welcome to the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780-KOH. Pleasure to be with you. Pleasure to be with my co-host, as always, Mr. Corey Edge of Edge Realty. How you doing, Big C? I'm doing great, John. How about yourself? Very well, very well. Could be doing a little bit better after today's uh, beating in the market, but you know, you got to take it, like you said, Corey, you just got to take it day by day, you know, don't stress over the things you can't control, right? It kind of, you know, it feels like just a real steady, slow death by a thousand cuts. Yep. You the climb you're going you through. <laughs> yep, you got it. That's exactly right. And that's just, it. That's just good. rip the band-aid off. Theme. And let's get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one big swoosh, as they like to call it. Yep, yeah. I will tell you what happened here, but this is what we've been warning everybody about this uh, day like today. But uh, again, not all that bad percentage-wise. Mister Dwight Millard of Hometown Lenders, how the heck you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, John. Doing fantastic. Good. You enjoying good. this weather? Enjoying the weather, no doubt about that. Yes, Perfect. yes, it is tolerable. We just need a bunch of, you know, some of that rain that's back east. Just bring it out here for a while, and then things would just be perfect from that standpoint. <laughs> we need it, that's for sure. All right, <clears throat> let me tell you what we have uh, lined up for you this evening. We're going to be going through one of my favorite uh, topics we get to do each and every month, and that is the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors Market Report. This, of course, will be August data. We'll be sharing with you, of course, the, uh, um, the the number of homes that are sold, the median price, how long it's taken to sell a home, our inventory levels, and just about every little tidbit and golden nugget of data that uh, uh, that you can imagine this report provides for us. Mr. Edge, without letting the cat out of the bag, um, tell us a little bit about this report before we get to the stock market. Then, we'll, of course, we'll go into details momentarily. You know, there's not much change, John. It's just been kind of a slow, yeah. boring, normal market since last month yeah. and the month before yeah no no big ups no big downs just nice and steady yep okay all right very good nice summary dwight now that you're back in the back in the trenches uh anything standing out from your perspective you want to touch on tonight no no well i i think as we get into it but nothing really glared at me i, I think it's still a solid report i don't think there's anything that's gonna shock anybody but um right. no i didn't see anything that really stuck out Okay. Okay. God, you guys are boring. You need to come over to my world a little bit. <laughs> I like boring. Right now, John. 
Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But, yeah, it, you know, when, when I'm born in my world, you know, I always turn over to you, Dwight, and, and you say, of course, another record closed. But, boy, that seems like an eternity ago since we, you know, we were able to say that. Actually, it was this last week, I think, you know, when you were back. We, I think we had, I forget which average right, it was, yeah. but, you know, we had uh, probably the S&P. But, uh, but, yeah, ever since then, to Corey's point, it's just been a death by a thousand cuts. And, guys, let me transition over into that. And so, folks, this is what uh, Jason and I and Corey and Dwight, this is what we've been talking about for these last couple of weeks, right? So it really started again. Um, I want to go back to last Tuesday. Of course, it was a holiday shortened week. And I keep bringing this point up because this is, again, where it felt like the tides change. And, and I want to just preface this by saying, by no means do we think this is the beginning of a significant correction or anything. It's this choppiness that, that everybody was fearful about. So again, we go back to that Tuesday after Labor Day, and that's when Goldman Sachs came out, lowered their GDP target. And ever since then, you've just been getting one economist, one market strategist after another saying, be prepared for a very volatile September, October. They're going to be looking for reasons to sell off. And and slowly, to your point, Corey, slowly but surely, you know, day after day, it seems like we, we just keep coming down to, you know, this situation where the market starts off strong. I mean, here, here's, here's how this thing keeps setting up. The market starts off strong. Uh, pick your favorite average. They're, you know, they all pretty strong. I mean, we're up well over a hundred points uh, right before the opening bell. And then we, you know, shot way up after that. And we had the, uh, the CPI data, which I'll share with everybody in a moment. And it looked like this was going to be the day where we snapped, uh, you know, what was a four day, you know, losing streak on the S and P 500. But then again, just like every day that we've been experiencing for these last couple of weeks, the market tends to fade. And, and it's bizarre. You, you, you kind of sit back and you go, okay, are they trying to suck in the retail investor and make them think it's going to be a strong day? And, and then as soon, soon as they, uh, you know, they start making their investments, they start selling off. Nah, I don't think that's it. But everybody's just kind of scratching their head saying, well, wait a minute here. You know, what, what is going on? I mean, I, I want to kind of give you some numbers here, guys, just to, just to go back. Um, let's, let's cover this week so far, uh, or last couple days, I should say. All right. So today we had a 292 loss on the Dow yesterday up 262. Uh, the day before that down 272, down 152, down 69, down 269, down 74. So, you know, you look at it and you go, <clears throat> let's see, three, four, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. So six out of the last seven days, the, the Dow has lost value. And, and again, you add up these, you know, 200 plus days of losses, and before you know it, it's pretty easy to go, oh, you know, we're down, you know, whatever, half a percent, five uh, percent, whatever it may be. Um, you know, and, and before you know it, you can say, oh, you know, we, we just had a correction or we're in the midst of a correction, which is defined, of course, as a 10 percent pullback. Now, most of these you know, I'll call them pessimism, pessimists that are out there right now that have been warning of this market volatility um, are saying that, you know, we could be in very easily for a five to 10% correction. And to your point, Corey, what's interesting is in, in years past, of course, when we get into these, these time periods where everybody's just turns negative on the market for, you know, pick your favorite reason, you do kind of get one of those, you know, as you called it, a swoosh type of, you know, pull the bandaid off, sell the market off five, seven hundred, a thousand points, whatever it is. But it just feels like everyone, as soon as they start pressing those, uh, you know, the, the, the sell button, as I like to call it, they start to remind themselves, well, wait a minute here. We still have a Fed that's very accommodative. We've got, you know, bond yields coming down once again. 
We have corporate earnings that, yeah, they're pretty much wrapped up, but still strong, you know, on and on and on. Um, the market is giving a lot of chatter to, you know, Biden and Pelosi's uh, proposal raising taxes. You know, again, this is one of those situations where everyone's going, oh, yeah, raise our taxes. All the wealthy people on CNBC, raise our taxes. We can afford to pay more. And then, of course, they're probably the ones that are selling off the market, um, uh, you know, when this thing starts to get a little bit closer. Um, the other thing that happened today was, you know, kind of a, a theme of, of, Companies that are linked to economic recovery, they began to drop. Bank of America down 2.6. GE took the industrial uh, uh, sector down today. It closed down 3.9%. Um, Apple, uh, you know, big unveiling of, uh, you know, revamping of new products and so on, or of products and announcing, uh, you know, quite a few uh, pretty substantial changes on things. You know, stock finished down a buck 36. Nobody got excited about that. So we're in one of these periods right now where I'll, I'll use my, my spoiled child analogy. And that is the market always needs to have something to look forward to. And right now it has nothing to look forward to. And so, again, like a spoiled child, it starts stomping its feet, i.e. it starts selling things off until it gets something to look forward to. And really the only thing right now, guys, that the market has to look forward to is earnings season. But, you know, we're still a long ways away from that coming out. And, you know, we're talking mid-October, second week in October before we get that. So everyone's trying to sink their teeth into something at this point, something on the positive side. But uh, I think they're starting to run out of patience a little bit. John, there if, seems to if be there's more... something out there, what, are the, what would be the best case of something that would come up? I mean, if you've got another four weeks or so till earnings season, I mean, is, is there anything you can see that would jumpstart the market the other way? You know, the... The, the only thing that I could see, Dwight, would be we, we have the Fed meeting starting on September 21st, concluding on September 22nd. If if Powell and crew, you know, indicate something that uh, basically bond reduction uh, program is off the table for this year, interest rate increases off the table for this year, I think that would give everybody a little bit of breathing room because those same pessimists I was mentioning, they, they all still have, you know, tar year in targets of the market significantly higher, another five to some of them are as high as 10% from where we are right now on the S&P 500. And so it's not like they're, they, they've turned negative on the market. They're just saying we're in this, this time period. So Dwight, to answer your question, that's about the only thing I can see right now is some, some comments that the market likes from the Fed. Um, because again, maybe the passage of the, uh, of the, of the stimulus bill, but I don't think that's going to do it. I mean, if the announcement was made today, I don't know if that would do it. And here's why I say I don't know, uh, in that I'm really leaning towards the side where I don't think it'll excite the market, even though it could be a big job creator and economic boom, potentially, because we know they got to pay for it somehow. And how are they going to pay for it? Raising taxes on corporate America, raising taxes on the wealthy, and then, of course, everybody's taxes are going to go up. So I don't think we can you know, put that, uh, that feather in our cap at this point, getting things excited. Corey, you had a question? No, I was just going to say, I don't think Powell's going to come out and say everything's off the table till the end of the year. I don't think he's going to lead the market in one direction or the other. But you also have this debt ceiling issue going on. Mm -hmm. I agree with you on the whatever they're calling it, stimulus or infrastructure or whatever is going to come with a big tax bill yeah. for somebody. And they're gearing it towards the people, you know, that are in your world. So usually yes. that kind of freaks them out a little bit. So, I, yeah. Yep. I, I'm with you. There, there doesn't seem to be any any decent information forthcoming in the near future. Mm -hmm. So, kind of right. no man's land. Yeah, yeah. And and think about it yourself, folks. You know, when you just 
kind of go through life with, uh, you know, we all get into these phases. We call it the day-to-day drudgery, right? You get up, you you do the same thing in the morning, you go to work, you come home, you eat dinner, you kiss the kids and the and the spouse goodnight and the kids and so on and so forth. You go to bed, you get up, you do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And everybody just kind of gets bored. And the last thing the market likes is boredom. So what do they do? They go, oh, you know, wait a minute here. Let's take a look at the portfolio. Oh, we've got the, uh, you know, the, the, the market doing pretty well on a year-to-day basis. S&P's up 18.3. NASDAQ's up 16.7, 13% gain on the uh, the Dow. You know what? Let me take a little money off the table. I mean, we did that with our with our clients in some situations, and and you know you you kind of have to at this point. So what we just want to make sure that does not happen is taking that little bit of money off the table doesn't turn into a domino effect, right? Because it can very easily you can go from a, again a two ninety two day either you continue these two three hundred point loss days, and before you know it, again you're you know down five or ten percent in the market, or you get to your point, Corey, one of those swooshes. But I think there's more likelihood of a slow drift, a death by a thousand cuts to your analogy versus just a, a big dramatic swoosh. All right, we'll hit some of the movers and shakers when we come back. Weekdays three to five. Nobody gets a pass, including the fake news media. The Dan Mason Show on News Talk 780 KOH. Welcome back to the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780 KOH with Dwight Millard of Hometown Lenders, Mr. Corey Edge of Edgerility. All right, as I indicated going to the break, it was a tough day, very volatile day. Uh, finished down 292 on the Dow. 0.84% is all. Let's keep that in mind. It's, you know, 100, 200 point losses, uh, uh, you know, feel painful and sound painful. But again, you got to remember where this uh, index is sitting. And so percentage wise is what you should really be focusing on. Again, a 0.84% loss closed at 34,577. The Nasdaq down 68 points, 0.45%, closing at 15,037. S&P gave up 26 or 0.57% to close at 4,443. On the commodity side of things, uh, we finished unchanged on oil. At 70.46 a barrel. Gold rose $12.70, closing at 1,807.16 per ounce. Dwight, you got to be smiling, brother. Five basis point decline, broke the 130 mark, 1.28%. Mm, Definitely headed in the right direction, John. I mean, yeah, it's, well, you know, what's, what's interesting, though, is, you know, you're what now, a week out from the Fed meeting. So, yeah. you know, the investors are very hesitant about getting very aggressive on lower rates as you come into Fed meetings. So, I mean, although they're improving, uh, you know, it, and the Ginny and the Fannie Mae coupons have been following, but it, it's one of those things that, okay, well, uh, come on, give us something, give us something. But there's, I think right. they're holding back a little bit for next week no just to no make doubt. sure they don't get caught off guard. Yep. Yep. No, that makes perfect sense. Absolutely perfect sense. Did, did you get any reaction um, on the Jennies and the Fannies today after uh, the release of the CPI data at 530? It, well, yeah, and it was pretty flat, but then we finished out the day positive, you know, positive four basis mm-hmm. points on the Fannies and the four basis points on the Jennies to the good. So, um, you know, it, it, it we're just definitely sitting in a really nice, you know, lane right now. But again, in, in an and I, I don't know how to say this anymore, you know, because you can't say a normal market. But <laughs> right. In something that would say, okay, you you gained a little bit yesterday, you gained a little positive today, you should start seeing rates maybe move a little more than what they My are. Next but question. I think it's, yep. just a, yep. it's just a, a caution going into next week. Just on the okay. off chance, they might say something that you didn't expect. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, speaking you of the think, CPI data, you're going back to your going, going back to your yeah, comment. Go. Do you anticipate any surprises coming out of that? meeting you know I I, 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 I hate to say, I hate to say this I hate to say this meaning 
I, I, I never like to give advice based upon feeling, but it, it literally is. I don't care. I mean, you could be a Wharton school graduate right now and you'd have no better, you know, guesstimate as, as I do sitting here uh, tonight. And, and so it, it really is a coin toss. So I'm going to go with my gut on this, Dwight, and I'm going to lean. You, you, you picked up on my hint. I'm going to lean a little, whatever direction you want to call it. Let's just call it to the right a bit. And I think you're going to hear cautionary comments from Jerome Powell. I really do. And, and here's, here's my logic. And again, I could be completely off base because it's nothing more than a guess on my part, just like everybody else. You know, even the Fed doesn't know what they're going to do. Um, but, but here's my logic. He, if, if you listen to some of his recent speeches and, and even the Fed meetings and things, we know the Fed is very concerned about Delta, right? We know that they're very concerned about the job situation. So going into this meeting, borrowing any, um, you know, really stellar economic reports between now and the, and the decision on, on uh, September the 22nd, he's got two things, and I'll say going in his favor, meaning in his favor, because I don't think he's in, in any hurry to reduce the bond buying program or definitely to raise interest rates. So he's got two things going in his favor. The first one being the non-farm payroll data that we received. I mean, you you talk about a you know you talk about a, a major miss when we when we got that data. It was it last Friday? Uh, you know, I mean, a little over two hundred thousand jobs created. That was that was it, right? So he's he's not getting his his jobs uh, picture like he wanted, right? I mean, yeah, two hundred. I just brought it up two hundred thirty five thousand. That was it. Well, well below the 700,000 expectation. So he's got that in his favor. And again, I'm saying in favor, meaning he doesn't want to raise rates. Number two, he he does listen. And, and I don't think he'll come public and say this, but he does listen to the Wall Street banks. I mean, Goldman Sachs is the you know 10,000 pound gorilla. If Goldman says the GDP is going down, it's probably going down. Right. And but they're not alone. Bank of America has been coming out and giving very gloomy um, economic uh, forecasts. You've got um, Wells Fargo. They, they did the same thing. So you've got major Wall Street banks that are all saying the same thing now, which is things are slowing down. Okay. Then the third point that I think goes in his favor is yes, you know, and again, um, take this for what it's worth, but you know, some are saying that, Hey, we may have reached a peak in the, in the Delta cases. Others say, yeah, right. It's not even cold yet. So how can you say that? Right. So, but regardless whether we've peaked or whatever, we're still at, I think our daily average right now is like 130,000, right? And that's down from, I think, 141, 142, something like that. So he still has a number of people that are catching this. And he, again, he does pay attention to Wall Street. Listen on any of these recent analyst conference calls or corporate earnings calls, et cetera. They're all saying the same thing. COVID is impacting us. And oh, by the way, so is inflation. So there's the, 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 the other Mark Dwight, you know, on the other camp saying, well, look at um, inflation is, is, you know, you listen to these CEOs, they're saying PPG CEO came out yesterday. Look at, you know, paint prices are going through the roof. We, you know, raw material costs, everybody's saying the same thing, but then we come back to today, back to his favor. We get CPI three tenths of a percent increase month over month. They were looking for four tenths. Okay. Year over year, only up four percent on on the uh, on the uh, on the core, and and so that's not much of a number. Cores where you strip out food and energy, so that's nowhere near the PPI data that we got the other day, which showed a little over an eight percent increase year over year. So you know we're really getting this mixed economic picture at this point, and I think again to his nature, he's going to err a little bit on the side of caution. 
And so I don't think, to Corey's point, I don't think he's going to come right out and say, you know, the bond buying program is off the, or the bond reduction program is off the table this year, or raising interest rates is off the table. But I think he'll just go to, uh, you know what, we're going to, uh, we're going to analyze the incoming data like he always does, right? You can't go wrong on that one. It's like, hey, we're just going to wait for the data to come in and, you know, we'll react appropriately. But, but I think if he can err a little bit on, on the side of caution and Wall Street takes away from that, then I think the market will be pretty pleased with it. So that's, that's kind of my theory of his, you know, purely, like I said, purely a guesstimate because even the Fed doesn't know what they're going to do. Later today at 6. Everybody brave enough to listen to this? I think you are. Mark Levin on News Talk 780 KOH. Welcome back to the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780 KOH with Corey Edge of Edge Realty. Dwight Millard of Hometown Lenders, 292 decline on the Dow. NASDAQ down 68. S&P a decline there of 26. All right, enough of the stock market side of things. Let's, uh, let's find some other areas to try to make you some money. The real estate market. All right, we have the great pleasure and we want to thank our friends at the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors for their great market report as always. This is, the, of course, the month of August. So as we always do, I will read the market summary and then uh, we'll start digesting uh, each bit of information line by line to give you an overview of how things are going. So here's the market summary, guys. During the month of August of 2021, the report showed Reno Sparks had 552 sales of existing single family homes. That is a decrease of 13.8% from July and a 16.1% decrease from August of 20... Uh, what is that, Corey? A 16.1 decrease from August. Is there a typo there? I just noticed that. From August yeah, of 2020? Yeah, it's, it's that, probably from 2020. 2020, yeah, there you go. It's like, oh, yeah. wait a minute there. Yeah. Okay, so so again, 13.8% decrease from July and a 16.1 decrease, we're assuming, from August of last year. The report listed the medium sales price for an existing single-family residence in Reno Sparks in August at $530,000, a 1% increase from last month, and an increase of 19.8% from the previous year. All numbers, again, are for stick-built single families only, do not include condos, townhomes, manufactured, etc. The median price for an existing condo townhome in Reno Sparks for August, $330,000, an increase of 31.1% from last year. Alrighty, Corey, as you uh, so illustriously do, let's uh, give us your, your your summary of what we're seeing here. Again, it's it sounds mundane, but it's just a, a boring kind of stale market that's staying right where it was. So nobody should be too concerned about it. If you're a seller, I wouldn't panic over it. Um, we're down in the number of sales for the month, but if you could see the graphs that we're looking at that go back two years. They follow the same pattern for the last two years coming out of August to September and through the end of the year. And it's just seasonality. You'll have fewer sales through the end of the year, maybe a little bit into January, and then things start picking up. And when you get to pricing, the interesting part of that is even with the decrease in sales, the median sale price, again, looking back two years at this graph, it either stays steady or slowly moves up. So mm -hmm. if I if I had to bet on it, I would guess that the only – reason people even look at these reports is to see what the value of their house is so if that's all you're concerned with then the number of sales up and down at least over the last two years hasn't really changed the trajectory of the price you know maybe it stalls for a couple months then creeps up a little bit then creeps up a little bit um so i, I wouldn't take too much away from it john i mean what it may mean is if you and I were planning to list our house in November for a hundred thousand more than our neighbors sold for in July. We may have to, you know, par that back a little bit because sure. the, the market's just going to be seasonally weaker than it is. 
um, but it by no means means that the market is going into something more extreme. So. Right, right. You know, along those lines, Corey, I think it's interesting. Usually we save the graphs to uh, to the end of the show, but I want to jump on this one. So if we look at our units sold, again, uh, for those of you, you know, just try to visualize with us here. What I look at here is for all of 2020, uh, this is, again, through August, of course, for all of 2020 through August, uh, you had sold 4,142 units. Year to date, um, through August, obviously, 4,196, an increase of only 1.3%. That number shocked me when I looked at that. I would have thought that we would have sold significantly more this year than last year. There's nothing to sell. I mean, it just goes back okay. to the inventory level. Um, yeah. and, and realistically, you got to remember, too, and in, in for um, maybe not half, but at least a quarter of 2020, nobody was doing anything. We were completely True. frozen. Yeah. Um, so that number... You know, probably would have been a little bit higher, but yeah, that's just an inventory issue. If there were more houses, we'd see more sales, but right. there's there's still not. <laughs> Did you guys see John? Any... Yeah, go ahead, Dwight. I I do believe you're starting to see a little bit of penetration of affordability in these numbers now. Ah, I think that the, I've been waiting for you yeah, to say that. We, okay. We, yeah, we've talked about where you know Corey has said it. At some point in time, there's going to be a number. And you can see we only had a 1% increase over last month. I mean, we didn't have the five and things we've yep. always talked about. So you might be kind of getting that right now until there's the next, until there's the next breakthrough point. Um, and that may be why you seal a business. But I do believe, as Corey said, I think it's tied also into seasonal. But you might just be, be seeing a little cracks in the affordability part mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, that, that I was actually going to ask you this question. It, again, ties in perfectly, Dwight. As, this is directed to you. So as I read just a moment ago, the in the condo townhome market, Reno Sparks for August, median price 330000 an increase of 31.1% from last year. So obviously a bigger increase than than the home prices year over year so what i want to ask you is what are you seeing as far as appetite or demand for people coming to you wanting to purchase a condo because again this is something we've been talking about month after month saying all right we're going to reach a, an apex as i like to call it in the housing market where people are just going i can't afford it or i, I refuse to pay that price oh but look at my median price on a condo is 330 my median price on a house is 530 two hundred thousand dollar difference Hey, yeah, I'm going to have an HOA, blah, 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 but uh, yeah, I mean, 200000 is 200000 So are you seeing any increase in demand there? Yeah, well, you know what would be interesting? Corey might know this. I'd like to see condominium and townhomes split out because mm. a townhome is treated just as a single-family resident. A condo has a whole different thing to it. But From a lending perspective. Yeah, from a lending perspective. Okay. But also, too, keep, keep in mind there's been a little bit of uh, favorable – guideline changes to help get into condos townhomes you know okay. from Fannie and Freddie and FHA there's there's you know so there's been a little bit of favor that that helps that mm -hmm. number and so um, I do believe like you said when people look straight up at um, sale prices you see a significant difference you know and sometimes they just kind of forget about or ignore that the yeah. fact that there's usually an HOA but now you're starting to get the other thing too I think John is Condominiums and townhomes, if you've gone out and seen some of the newer stuff and things mm -hmm. like that, that's fantastic. Love it. I mean, they're mm -hmm. just really nice, warm home. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying anything, yeah. but, you know, I mean, you go back 15, 20 years ago, there was a there was an effort to build condos, maybe a less quality, things like that, because you're just trying to get people in. Well, a lot now of them are conversions from apartments. So they're, right? a lot, that a lot may of be adding to that. I, you know, Corey might agree or disagree, but that may be adding to it. 
Corey, are they are they nicer these days? Because as I just uh, over you know spoke over Dwight, I apologize. The old days, you know, growing up in Reno, when 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 you know there was a condo, most in most cases that I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, they were conversions from apartments to condos. Now it's brand new, out of the ground. This is going to be a condo project. Yeah, and they're a little different too now, right? So when we went through the last boom, um, they we were converting a lot of old apartments and casinos into these condominium units. Right. So they were putting all their upgrades and stuff in there, and then because of you know, costs and land costs and municipalities and everything that went into it. And Dwight can attest to this. A lot of the builders started looking at attached products. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's not a, a full condo, you know, 10-story like you can imagine, but some kind of attached product where, hey, I can fit four units on one traditional lot versus one unit on one lot, and mm-hmm. I can kind of, you know, use my money better that way. So they're nicer. And, you know, the times change, right? So now That's everybody... Right. They have community pools. They want an office. Everything's mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. It's it's kind of just it's moved with what people's expectations are, and there's a lot of competition. So everybody's got to one up the last mm-hmm. guy that built one, so that those buyers will now come to them. Right. Um, right. So yeah, they're a nice product. And then you know, just not to hark on this too much, but if you look, and again, I know the audience can't really see this, but trust me that if you look at the median sold price, for instance, you get these wavy lines in these graphs for units sold and if you were just looking at that you'd think oh my god the market was way up oh look it crashed then it went way mm-hmm. back up and all this volatility <laughs> but if you look at the pricing the at the median sold price from august 2020 through february 2021 it's a straight line straight across mm-hmm. it probably fluctuated a few thousand bucks each way and it and it made it through february and then it continued its trajectory so whatever happens over the next few months don't let it lead you to some kind of panic mm-hmm. like, oh, the the housing market is stalled and prices are sure. bound to go down. Now, this is what we go through every year is the same seasonal pattern. You're right. John, John, I don't want to add, too. I mean, I think you're going to see, uh, you know, whatever the outcome of the recall is, if, you know, there's a lot of people that are still not happy with the way the state of California is going. So, sure. you know, if it stays on the Good same point. course it is, you're going to Which it's going to. Yeah, he's winning exit. hands down. I think you're going to see an exit continue to see exits Great. from California. Great point. Great point. Well, I think they didn't they, they counted those votes last week, right? Like he won last week. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, real quick, guys, before we go to break, I, I, I recommend everybody take a look at this article that appeared on CNBC. I don't know if you guys saw it or not. It came out this morning, and it's titled, America is short more than 5 million homes, and builders can't make up the difference. So to, to, to your point, Corey and Dwight, 12.3 million American households were formed from January of 2012 to June of 2021. So 12.3 million households, right? Just 7 million new single-family homes were built during that time. Single-family construction is running at its slowest pace since 1995. Pulte Group just lowered the Q3 and full-year guidance for home closing, citing supply chain disruptions. So mm-hmm. as you keep harping, Corey, you know, supply and demand, supply and demand. But that is significant. You're talking... What, 12 million difference between the households and the number of homes created? And then you throw in supply well, I mean, chain dis- disruptions. And you got to be careful because they're going through supply chains and the cost of land. Yep. But then when Washington, D.C. gets involved, the discussions become, and trust me, our local you know, council members would be all for this. Okay, hey, let's go in and let's just federally somehow change all these zonings. So if you're only allowed one house per acre now, we're going to go ahead and say you can build five more houses. 
mm. and they're going to start messing with these neighborhoods. So just be cautious of that. And that's, I know it's a bad term between some of these builders in this town, but you know, that's where that NIMBY comes in. Like, Hey, I, I've owned this, I've owned it my whole life. I've been here. So mm-hmm. who are you to come in and change my zoning and, you know, cram a bunch of apartments right next to me just because right. if we're 12 million short, then we're 12 million short. You know, we'll figure it out. Yeah. You don't have to take away my stuff. Debunking liberal myths one at a time. The Dan Bongino Show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk 780 KOH. Welcome back to the John Sanchez Show on News Talk 780 KOH. Mr. Edge, can we, you please give us your phone number? 673-6700. Perfect. Mr. Millard. Eight five eight forty four forty four. Beautiful. All right. So once again, if you just joined us, we're reviewing the uh, August market report from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. Uh, we said again for the combined cities of Reno and Sparks, the median price was five hundred and thirty thousand, up one percent uh, from last month, and an increase of nineteen point eight percent from the year before. All right. Going to uh, just Reno, including North Valley's three hundred and eighty sales of single family homes, a decrease of fourteen point two percent from last year, and a decrease of thirteen point eight percent from August. Median price in Reno. $553,500, an increase of less than 1% from July and an 18% increase from August of last year. Condo and Reno, median price, 350000 an increase of 37.3% from the prior year. Any comments on that section, guys? No, I think it follows just the overall pattern of the, of the market in general. Okay. Let's go to Sparks, including Spanish Springs, 172 sales, a decrease of 20% from last year and a 13.6% decrease from the previous month. Medium price of a single family, 496950 That is an increase of 19.7% from last year and a decrease also of less than 1% from July of this year. Condo uh, medium price, 310000 an increase of 37.8%. Corey, something came to mind as I was, I was reading this over. All right, so all three summaries, right? Reno Sparks, Reno, and then Sparks were all broken out. So if you look at the 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 sale of existing single family homes, so again, you know, we got a twenty percent decrease in Sparks, a fourteen point two percent decrease in Reno, thirteen point eight percent decrease Reno Sparks. So here's kind of a crazy question, but why would the sales go down? Right. You would think because we have a supply shortage that it pretty much everything coming to market as some of the rest of the data shows is going to be sold. But yet it's not being sold. The sales numbers are down. Is it because fewer people are listing right now? I think there's a little bit fewer people listing. I think there's a little fewer buyers in the market because of frustration, like Dwight said. And if you look at our contracts for the month of August. Uh, they're up, which means we should have some decent amount of closings in September. So it Got might it. just be a one-month, you know, little quirk. All right, perfect. Active inventory units, uh, 511. That's down uh, uh, from 659 a year ago. So that's about a 22.5% decrease. And we'll wrap it up with the month's supply of inventory. Nine-tenths of a month, uh, <laughs> uh, down 10% from August of last year. Amazing stuff, guys. Amazing stuff. Thank you so very much. As always, boys, you did a phenomenal job. We will do it again tomorrow night on the John Sanchez Show. God bless. Have a great evening. On air, online, on demand. News Talk 780-KOH. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.